Welcome to the Texas Trail Podcast. My name is Murdis Diamond Jr., Trail Boss of Prairie View Trail Ride Association. We were established in 1957 by James Francis, Murdis Diamond Sr., and Alfred Pondexter. Name of Prairie View Trail Ride Association came out of Prairie View, Texas. We've been trail riding for 63 years with the Houston Livestock Show and Rodeo. We are the oldest African-American trail. They call us the mother of the trail in the United States. Today, I brought with me my chief of scout, Lee White. He is over the safety of the trail. Uh, that's the most important for all trail riders is safety, as we preach safety. Today, Lee White is going to uh, tell his job, what he do, and I'm going to ask him a few questions as we go along. Welcome, Lee White. Hello, my name is Lee White, and I'm from Houston, Texas, and I provide individual services and services to the trail ride and to the public. Um, just a few of my responsibilities, my duties is including making sure that each rider and wagon boss uh, is enforcing the policies of the, of the Prairie View Trail Ride Association and also of the Houston Livestock Show and Rodeo. Also, my job is to keep riders behind the wagons and out of harm's way, advising any hazardous material, any hazardous not to go on. On the oncoming traffic, making sure they're out of the way. Keeping spectators out of harm's way with assisting with injured animals, preparing tack or anything on the wagons, and assisting with any medical duties necessary. For the last 10 years of you being the Chief of Scout of Prairie View Trail Riders Association, what are some of your greatest memories? I think the greatest moments that I've realized is when we win um, the best trail of the year, when we go down the road and we have very few infractions. I mean, we've had a few, but we're very, very limited with our infractions. We have all of our paperwork turned in, and when we get in Memorial Park on that Friday, somewhere around 5 o'clock, they announce Prairie View Trail Rides Association as the outstanding trail for the last, I know we've won it three times, but last year, we won it back-to-back. So I've really been uh, riding high on that to see if we can do it three years in a row. Yes. Uh, they call it uh, the, the Trail Division Award and the Spirit Award we won in 2020. And we also won the Division Award and Spirit Award in 2019, which was back-to-back. -back. Uh, we also won the same t Spirit Award in 2014, and we went back-to-back -back in 2019. 15. Well, first of all, my day starts about 4.45 in the morning, getting up, making sure my scouts are up and ready to go, make sure their horses are saddled, my horses are saddled. And then after we, we're, we're get together as a team, our job is to go around and make sure all the wagons and all the participants that are riding on horseback and wagon are ready to go and they're in dress code. I think for the most part, selecting a good team that can work together, um, that can all be you know, on the same page and doing the same things at the same time. And communication is our key. I think um, the last few years we've had radios where we could talk back and forth from front to back because our trail is pretty long. So I think the most part is where we work as a team. You know, it's not I, we work as a team to make sure that our riders and our wagons reach from our destination, reach our destination safely daily. Well, tell me this. Uh you have a group now, uh, 7W Youth. All those kids from the ages of 2 
to 13 on horses. Uh, tell me, uh, with the wind blowing and hats coming off, how do you manage to keep the trail going with probably 20 hats falling off? And you, you know, how you guys? What do you guys do? I know, I know it's a lot of work to this, but explain to me that what what you do as your groups do to try to keep this going. As the chief of scout, I've strategically assigned two scouts to that group. They stay by the 7W youth group. They make sure they get hats. They make sure they get buttons. And they make sure that they address anything that those kids need. Because it, our future is about our kids. And the kids in that group, they're going to have to carry on, you know, Prairie View Trail Ride Association. So I strategically assign two scouts to work with that group on a daily basis to make sure they stay with that group and they maintain the order that, that's required with that group. I'm the sound man also on the trail, and so I, I observe everything that's happening, and I see the guys uh, doing a fantastic job, and that comes from leadership. Uh, leadership from all the way down, and you as a leader... Uh, I have a great responsibility uh, with the trail, not only after uh, we get into Houston, Texas, uh, where there's a major uh, problems. Tell me, how do, how, do, how do y'all work on this in Houston, Texas, with all the traffic, with all the people blowing their horns at you, all the people flipping you off? Tell me, what, 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 do, you, what do you guys, I mean, how, how do you man up? How do your horses react to all of this? What do you do to you know, uh, to keep this going, keep this trail going. As the chief of scout, I have 10 scouts that I work with yearly. We also do um, three rides within the organization. We do 190, we do Acres Home, and we do other trail rides throughout the year to work together as a team. The safety of our group is only as good as our team. As we ride down the road, we make sure that the riders stay in an orderly fashion. That's one thing that's very important. We make sure our wagons stay in order. We make sure our riders stay in twos. All of our scouts are assigned to a specific spot or a specific wagon. And we make sure that from A to B that our riders reach there safely. We make sure that the traffic is stopped. We make sure that traffic is pulled over when needed. We make sure that traffic can go around when needed. Our job is to make sure that our riders and our wagons get to our destination safely on a daily fashion. My day begins at 4.45 in the morning when the wagon call is administered by Mr. Murtis Dightman Jr. I get up, I take my horse, I get water, uh, I come back, I make sure my horse is brushed down, I make sure my horse is groomed, and I make sure my horse is saddled. After my horse is saddled, I get myself together. I go and brush my teeth, wash my face, and all of this stuff is done in the privacy of a trailer. I make sure that my uniform, which is blue jeans and white shirt and orange jackets, is together, and I'm all together with my team. Before we make our rounds in the camp, we make sure that every scout is dressed and their horse is saddled and ready to go. Once that is done, we get on our horses and we go around and make sure that all of our wagon bosses are up, making sure that all of our mule skinners are up and they're getting their wagon ready to go because we will pull out at 9 o'clock. As we ride around from about 6 to about 9 o'clock in the morning, we make sure we can help anyone that needs assistance or anybody that needs help from a scout. We make sure that we get everyone lined up at that gate before 9 o'clock. We say our prayer and we hit the road. Once we hit the road, our duty is to make sure that our riders and wagons 
you know, get to our next destination safety. As we stop traffic, as we pull over cars, as we get assistance, sometimes some escorts who we have coming down 290, our job is safety. The main thing we worry about is safety. You know, we want to make sure that our wagons and our riders get from our campsites to the next campsite safely. Once we've, once we've arrived at our new campsite, our job is still not done. We have to ride around and make sure that nobody's riding around in horseback, making sure that everybody's unsaddled and everybody's taking care of their horses for the evening. Also, after that is done, then it's feeding time for my horses. I make sure my horses eat and all of my scouts make sure their horses eat and have water to drink before they eat. Our horses are our, set, are our assets. We need them daily, so we have to take care of them daily. And then as we make our rounds in the evening time, as people begin to cook, celebrate, and have a good time, we make sure they do it in a safely manner. I know from time to time that we've entered into some situations where things are a little different or difficult, but we try to do the best that we can with the members that we have to make sure the Prairie View Trail Ride Association has things done in a safely manner. Okay, Lee, a qu good question for you. Why do you do this? Well, I scout because that's something I was kind of born into. My family kind of rodeoed a little bit. I didn't rodeo as much, but I went to a lot of trail rides. But I, I look at it as a prestigious thing to be honored to be the chief of scout for Prairie View Trail Ride Association. And I think it's my dedication that allows me to do this because my scouts take a week off from work. Most of them take their vacation time. And like myself, I'm an educator. I make sure that my kids learn the objectives that they're supposed to learn the week while I'm out, and I just give them review work. But my, my goal is to make sure that riders and wagons, you know, get from point A to point B safely. I think that the reason why my team is so well is because those guys, you know, they're dedicated. They they. They take care of their horses. They shoe their horses. You know, they, they make sure that their horses are ready to go and ready to hit the road when February comes. And I guarantee you there is no scout on my team that won't lay down their life to help you out or to save someone in danger. Well, like I say, I'm dedicated, and I, I absolutely, it's, it's volunteer basis. And believe it or not, we have guys that call year-round wanting to be a scout. You know, it's, it's, it's not anything to just be seen and play with. You know, like I tell them, when we get on the road, it's serious business. You know, anything that goes down or anything that pops off in a negative way, my scouts are going to be held responsible for handling those situations in any kind of way. I understand that your son uh, is in FFA or AG. How important is it for him to see his dad being the, the leader of a, a great organization like Prairie View? Association. Well, my son, he's a 13-year-old. You know, he, he has a lot of faith in me. Um, we've been together since the day he was born. Uh, I mean, my son, I mean, he's played at the barn daily. You know, he, he has his own horse. Um, he, he knows the responsibilities that comes with raising animals, and he knows that when we get out on trail ride, it's serious business. He scouted with me on several rides. I mean, he, he seems to enjoy it. Um, he seems to enjoy the kids and the camaraderie that that he's faced with that he's faced with out on the trail, and he he just thinks it's a neat deal because he he knows that when February comes, we're gonna hit that road and go do the trail ride. So how how fearful are you to see that your son is on this horse while you are traveling uh, 
and you're trying to make sure that the safe the safety of the trail riders and your son is riding somewhere on the trail uh, so how do you feel about that My 13-year-old son, Nathan Lee White, when he's riding, I feel confident that he's going to be okay because the horse he's riding, um, that's one thing I do when I'm looking for a horse. You know, I, I want to see if that horse is good-minded. Um, I've owned that horse since she was six months. You know, I broke her. I trained her. I ride her. He rides her. You know, I, I know that when we're going down the road, there's not very much that Nathan is going to have to be worried about as long as he keeps his seat, you know, riding that horse. In addition, I would like to introduce you to my scouts. I have Charles Parks, I have Gregory Collier, I have Eric Holloway, I have Lance Kissham, I have Eugene Reed, I have Julius Wilkins, I have Alton Jackson. As listing all my scouts, I think the biggest reward is when we go and we leave Memorial Park with that trophy saying that we're the outstanding trail to go downtown. I think all my scouts, you know, enjoy the whole camaraderie of being a team and working together as a unit. We leave the park, we go through downtown and we celebrate and we come back to the park. And I think one of the most, you know, important things is that we enjoy being the outstanding trail. As my responsibility as a trail boss of Prairie View Trail Ride Association, I take great pride uh, just being a part, knowing that the future of, the, of America uh, is, is in our hands to teach the young trail riders. And to be a part of Prairie View A&M is, 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 you can't ask for no more uh, for an organization that, that we um, make sure that we we try to get our kids going to Prairie View, but not only Prairie View, but just to educate them and keep them uh, moving forward. Uh, my main goal, uh, I've always said the same, is that we don't get paid for what we do, but my my payment is uh, getting one child to go to college and to graduate. And if we get, if I do that, and then all 300 of our members do the same thing then I think we have done a great accomplishment in America because if they go to college, that that means that they're teachable. And so uh, we are real proud that we're a part of Pre uh, Prairie View A&M. Uh, it's just so important because uh, of what they bring out and what they produce uh, in America and to make America great again. Uh, we have eight wagon bosses uh, that, uh, as you hear the chief of scout, and each wagon groups have members, uh, and so they could have a, from 10 to 40 or 50 members behind these wagons. Our first wagon that we have is Independent Crusaders. Uh, Fran Thomas is the trail boss. She's been with us for 10 years. Also, uh, we have uh, 7W Youth. Uh, the wagon boss is Nicholas Jackson, which is a kid, uh, but the, the founder was Larry Wilkerson. And his uh, uh, son is is a scout with Prairie View Trail Association. Uh, we have future cowboys. Walter Holloway is our oldest. Oldest. He's been with Prairie View probably the longest of all all of the groups, uh, at least uh, 50 years or better. Walter Holloway, 
and we have uh, one named the trail riding. Another group, uh, Carl Burnett, is the trail boss. Uh, he also had been with Prairie View probably 30 years or more. And, and when he formed his own group, the one named the trail ride. Wagon number six is Acres Home Roping and Riding. Riding and Roping, I'm sorry. Uh, George Linton is a trail boss. Another long, life longer. I've been with Prairie View Trail Riders for over 50 years. Primetime Posse is wagon number seven. Uh, this is a new organization. Uh, Brad Rusco is a trail boss. They've been with Prairie View for at least five years. Uh, and the Wild Bunch is a new group. Uh, wagon boss Jose Vasco. Uh, that's a brand, brand new group, but they're an old group. Uh, they've been around for over 40 years of trail riding, uh, but they joined Prairie View two years ago. Uh, and so, with each, this is what makes up Prairie View Trail Riders, along with our safety bosses. We have safety bosses. Michael Neal is our uh, safety boss. Mickey Nash is a safety boss. Uh, these guys are, are in, in camp and out of camp, making sure that. Uh, that they take care of and watch the safety of generators, generators, uh, the horses. That makes up uh, not and, and and don't please don't let me forget the the secretaries and the secretaries, uh, the assistant secretaries, the treasurers. All this is a, a complete function of Prairie View Trail Riders Association. As Lee said earlier, the team is what makes the team. I want to start out with my secretary uh, this year was Crystal Stewart. Uh, she'd been with us for about five years as assistant. Uh, this year, she uh, was moved up to the secretary. Uh, Lalise Brown is our treasurer. Uh, she was assistant treasurer, and now uh, she had moved up to the treasurer of Prairie View Trail Association. Sherry, Sherry Johnson is our business manager. Uh, she'd been the business manager for the last 10 years. Lee White, as a, as we as a Chief of Scout, he also been with this team. This team that I'm calling have been together for 10 years, for 10 years of Prairie View Trail Riders Association. Ron Turner is the assistant trail boss. Uh, Larry Wilkins is the assistant business manager. That is our that was our team of Prairie View Trail Riders Association. And our goal is to be the best as we can be each and every year and to hang our hats high and to be proud of what we do. We built a great organization. Uh, and ten, from 10 years, we went from uh, to last to first, should I say. Uh, we was, when I took over as Trail Boss of Prairie View, uh, Trail Boss Association, and, uh, and that come with the team. I just, I just uh, mentioned to you, the Wagon Bosses are a team, the, the Scouts are a team, the Safety Bosses. So building the team is, is hard because we all want to be on the same page in some form or way, uh, and that's trail riding. Uh, we all have to have that in our heart to do what we do. And so most of the trail riders are cowboys uh, who've been around uh, horses, uh, been around rodeos, who've been around ranching. And that's how I started. Uh, I grew up on a ranch in Crockett, Texas, uh, feeding my cows, uh, feeding cows to eat. And when you're in the country, we, ra we raised our cows, we raised pigs, and we did our garden and stuff. And so when you, when you learn that, and it kind of all going forward with trail riding uh, uh, and, and connect definitely with Prairie View because that's what they do. They provide food for us, uh, uh, for the world. And so uh, that's how I kind of end up in the, in, the, in the organization. And I believe that all trail riders uh, have did the same thing, has been in it, that's doing this, have doing the trail riding for all these years, came up in rodeo, came up in farming, came up in came up in some form of uh, 
agricultural interest uh, for sure. And that, that's why we love it. And, 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 and we're a big family. At the end of the day, uh, we might fight, uh, but I can rest for sure when Prairie View Trail Riders hit that pavement coming to Houston Livestock Show and Rodeo, we're coming to win. Our goal is always being the best. We never, never want to be second. My daddy would tell me when I was trying to rodeo, to be second is to be last. And I didn't understand that because I thought I brought a trophy home with second place, and he said that you might well have been in last place. But do and so we put that I inscribed went into our organization to be second is to be last. So we second to none. We are the best trail riding for the last two years, and we and we and, and we're gonna continue being the best because when we come out once again, the Preview Trail Riders Association come out. We're coming out. We're looking good, and we're going. We going into Houston. They know we're going for the trophy, and we're going to win every year. That's our goal and we've been making that for the last 10 years. I would like to thank my special guest, uh, Mr. Lee White, uh, for doing a fantastic job for Prairie View Trail Riders Association, coming in and giving us his expertise and how uh, the scouts take care of Prairie View Trail Riders Association while a lot of us sleeping. Thank you for listening to the Texas Trail Podcast. We'll see you next Friday. My name is Murdis Diamond Jr. Adios. Cowboys, cowgirls. All right, I'm Anthony Bruno. Welcome to Texas Trails Podcast. I'm the trail boss of Northeastern Trail Riders Association. And we're here with Rosetta Gray, the first African-American female trail boss of, of uh, the Houston Livestock Show and Rodeo. Welcome, Rosetta. Thank you, Anthony. It has indeed been a pleasure in my 13 years as trail boss, uh, I've been, uh, I am the president of Southwestern Trail Riders Association, and I've been out here for a minute before I got to be trail boss. And I didn't realize you'd been 13 years. I didn't, time goes fast. I didn't realize it had been that long, that fast. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Wow, time goes fast. You got to take care of your, your time. Wow. Oh, yeah. This is 13 coming up in 2021. Wow. Rosetta, uh, can you tell me a little bit about your trail ride and, and some of the some things that stand out to you with uh, with your trail ride? Some of the things that would stand out that, that with your trail ride and, and uh, maybe mention some of the awards that you've won since you've been trail boss. We're outstanding already because I'm the female trail boss and along with that I have a vice president that's a female. Her name is Elizabeth Cook and I know a lot of people might know Liz and we call her Liz and uh, Liz always do the super ride in August, and that's where we have almost 3,000 trail riders get together each year in August. Of course, this year everything was on standstill, but we've had some good years, and she's been doing it for 26 years already. And, mm -hmm. you know, it's just amazing how over the years, and I can remember when we first started out, it was maybe like 10 or 15 of us. And it just grew and grew and grew from word of mouth, people just hanging around. And with her, she also have a club and it's Onyx, she's the president of a club. And I have like nine, ten wagons. And most of those wagons have been there since the beginning of it. I have like maybe one or two, maybe three new rides that have started. As they say in the modern day, 
that mean after 2000. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Everybody else that's there and they call us the oldest. And that's because we've been there for a long time. We've been there for 30 some years and there was some that was there before I came. Mm -hmm. So, and we just ride, we got Macbeth, we got Rodney Jackson and Macbeth. We got Prob, uh, Melvin Patton from Austin and Bo. I have the outlaws and everybody know outlaws and everybody know the infamous Henry T. Nina Davis and, and he even, you know, he even recruited Earl Camel, Irving Berthum on his rides, and then we've even been to their places to have rides. So we've been together for a long time, a lot of us have. And we have quite a few, and everybody, you know, it's just a good family outing where people get together just to have fun. We don't fight, and we don't usually even have a bad word to say to one another because we've been knowing each other for just it, that long. It's like a family reunion. It's a family reunion. Yeah. And every time we get together, it's just like a family. But you know, family will have some words every <laughs> now and then. <laughs> yeah. But you know, it, go, it, it don't stick with you because just like a real family, if you have a bad word, a bad word, or falling out with somebody, it only lasts through the night. Right. The next time you see them, it's all over. Right, with. right. Exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. And we've been riding together, I've been riding for 33 years, plus. <laughs> right. I ain't going to say too many more because <laughs> I don't want to say, right? say I'm geriatric. <laughs> <laughs> but we are getting our AARP cards. Yeah, I've had mine for a while. <laughs> right, right. I've only had mine for five years, but... Uh, uh, yeah, those are some good, good, good attributes. Can uh, you you tell me some of the the awards that you won with the Eastern Life Section Rodeo? Oh yeah, since I've been there in two thousand nine, I won the award Best Trail Ride. I won the Spirit Award. I've won two thousand fourteen. I won an award. I won two thousand fifteen. So I got like four different awards in my thirteen years of being trail boss. So in saying it all, it's, it's been a good ride, and every year it just gets better. Each year we start in February, we start in um, West Columbia, that's out 288 South, and we ride every day. Our final day ride before we go to the Memorial Park is on uh, Hiram Clark and Anderson Road. So we be there for, that's where we leave our equipment for until we go downtown and come back and everything so we've been riding and everybody just we get there we leave our equipment there we ride every day it's a good experience for someone that have never been out there mm -hmm. and even for the ones that's out there as you see once we start we never stop because this is what we do right. <laughs> and right. we enjoy doing it and not only uh do we just ride we participate in the houston livestock show and rodeo when we go downtown we participate in the downtown uh parade that saturday and as a group our own group we also try to help out in the communities because we give our personal scholarship because we know that everybody ain't gonna get or three-year scholarship. Right. Everybody's not going to get to go off to the colleges. It's some that just want to learn how to do some, might just want to go to a trade. So we try to help those people. Right. We give them scholarships that, uh, and help them to go to like like HCC, uh, 
any other community right, right, college right. that they might want to go to just to ensure that they get some kind of education that'll help them along the way in life. Because a, a lot of jobs are dealt with do with your hands, so they, uh, they can get a trade and a and trace. they can get into the the uh, farrier business, get into horse training business. You know, there's a lot yes. of a lot of business that 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 pertain to us yes. that they can get into. Mm -hmm. You know, so it it, it it helps. So we you know that Northeastern, we've been doing the same thing for years as, as far as that goes, and giving out scholarships and and uh, encouraging kids to further their education. And we've got a couple of of them that ride with us that have uh, benefited from those uh, scholarships. Yes. So. Yeah. And the kids really appreciate it as well as the parents. Right. And they're not just for our schools, not just for our kids. We do kids in the neighborhood as well as when we do like. It's for the community. Donate the toys for the community. Right. The way we do the, uh, the way that we raise money for doing this here, out of those clubs that we named, that I named. Each and every one of them have events throughout the years, and then that's how we get money to give to the kids, give kids scholarship. So when you see us riding down the road, it's not like we just riding and having fun. We're having fun, but we also have a purpose. Riding for riding with a purpose. We're riding with a purpose, and it's a good purpose to help our sisters and brothers to be better in life because God knows they're gonna need it. Right, right. And it, and it helps in our, it keeps our heritage alive as well, you know, because we come from the struggle, you know, yes, as, as black cowboys and black people, we, we're, we're still not recognized as, as we should be as far as this heritage goes. Yes, correct. And uh, so, so it's, it's something to help us keep our kids in touch with where they come from. I'm glad you, you shared that with me because we have been raising our money just off of uh, events. And the, the, the main event that we used to raise our money off of was the all-girls rodeo that we used to give. Mm -hmm. So that's how we raised our money to give our scholarships. But, you know, we hadn't been as active as that. So we've just been using our trail ride to pay for our scholarship, do our scholarship. So mm -hmm. they've, they've, uh, the money's getting shorter. The, the scholarships are getting smaller. Uh, the time, it's a sign of the times, you know. Yes. Still, we just do the best we can. We just can. do the best we can. And, and those, those kids appreciate that $500 or whatever. Yes, inside they of them. And we were also helping kids in, in FFA with their project animals. So we would go back and buy their project animal or help them throughout the year with their feed. Yes. So, you know, we'd help out in those little smaller ways, keeping kids in agribusiness. So I'm gonna give you a little bit about Northeastern. We started in Beaumont, Texas. And we have, uh, right now, I think we have six wagons that ride with us. We were, we were up to as much as 13 or 14, but you know, sign of the times, things change. People move around and do different things. So um, we've got, True Grit that rides with us. They're from uh, Crosby, Texas, and their wagon boss that just passed was their, their trail boss just passed. Their wagon boss just passed was uh, Clarence Landry, mm. and uh, so we just lost him a couple of years ago. And uh, they, their new trail boss is Robert. The other wagons are Dr. Feelgood, which is Montreal Carrier. And his family, they, they, they've been with us for years. They've been in and out, but they, they, they stuck with us for years. China Gate, Joshua Joe and his family. And there's uh, Restoration with uh, Reverend Perry. Sugar Shack, that, 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 they, mm -hmm. they, they, they've been riding with us for a couple of years now. And they, they branched off from you all to recognize our heritage, you know, so we can keep it going. Yeah. I'm Anthony Bruno, 
Uh, we have Jarvis Johnson here with us, state representative from District 139. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, the importance of voting. How you doing, Brother Bruno? Pretty good, Jarvis. How are you, sir? Hey, brother. Everything's well during this good. coronavirus. We're yes, all trying sir. to stay safe. Yes, sir. So what do you have on us for us today as far as uh, uh, the importance of us voting? Who is us? Us as black people and us as cowboys. Cowboys. You know, the importance of voting is for not only cowboys, but for doctors, teachers, for students, lawyers, uh, essential workers, nurses. It's for everybody. Because as you see, let's just talk about, and I'm going to get to the cowboys, but let's just talk about why it's important for teachers to vote. You got elected officials right now that are trying to tell trying to tell teachers they need to go back to work. But yet we're still in, in a pandemic. There are people that are dying. Over 160,000 people have died in the United States alone from this pandemic. There's no end in sight. But you still have elected officials that are out there saying we should go back to work. You even have a lieutenant governor and many others here in the state of Texas that have said something as absurd as saying that the elderly are willing to sacrifice their own life so that our economy will go up. They said old people should die so that young people can have money. I mean, that's just some of the absurdity that you hear. So that's why you understand yeah. it's important to vote. You have to not only vote, but you have to educate yourself about those people. You can't just allow them to come back and say, oh, well, that was just that one thing. No, 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 no. That one thing to teachers is very important. You may want your taxes lowered. You may want uh, police, uh, uh, more police presence. Yeah. You may want all of that. Yeah. But at the end of the day, the most important thing for you right now is to stay alive, teachers. And so you want to make sure that you vote for people and, that and will our, have your interests. And our elderly, because I, I, I would want my parents to still be along. And they're, they're part of the elderly group. And I want them to still be here. So I, I social distance with them when I go visit them. So uh, there's nobody worth uh, sacrificing for a dollar. Yeah, no one's life is, is should, shall put a dollar sign on nobody. it. Uh, I'm going to take exception to that elderly thing because I think um, I'm 48. And I swear, man, I don't even know how it happened. But AARP sent me something in the mail. I'm not even 50 yet. Why is AARP sending me something already? So that tells me. Ready. Already, man. Oh, hey, wait a minute. But I don't even know what elderly is these days. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, but, but in all seriousness, man. And so when I say it's important for people to vote, teachers, um, doctors, nurses. Yes. You know, you have people that are putting, you have elected officials that are putting people in Jeopardy. You being an essential worker, you have to go to work. You have to because without you, then we truly will be in harm's way. Right, right. That's right. why it's important that you have to vote. Yes. And you have to be because what you want a leadership that will stand before you and lead by example. So when you have someone who says to you something as absurd as, are you willing, you know, that, that, that they're willing to die and they want you to die you because you elderly because you 55. So you elderly. Right? So they want you to die to help our economy. So tell your elected official, lead by example. Right. Lead by example. Don't tell me what to do. Show me what to do.
That's what leadership is. So why is it important to vote? Essential workers are being put in harm's way because of inept leadership. Essential workers are being harmed. Their families, their children, their extended families are all being hurt because they're plagued. They're playing politics, and right now, this is not the time to play politics when it comes to, to, um, to, to come when it comes to people's lives, and that's exactly what's happening. And so, it's, it's a shame that in America that we have so many people dying, and there are other smaller countries that are, that have almost eliminated the uh, COVID virus. We're, we're the as we've all been told, we're the greatest country in the world. We've been believing that all yeah. our life. Greatest country in the world, freedom of speech. Money coming from everywhere. I mean, we're just a great country, and I believe that. But at the end of the day, you have to ask yourself, how will we, the greatest country in the world, and here in Houston, have the greatest medical center in all the world, and yet here we are, and we have too many people dying. We have people dying. And the reason why we have people dying is because of inept leadership that does not understand what to do and how to do. And I go back to the point that I said, there are too many Republicans out here that are wanting to open up our economy. But when it comes to the governor of the state of Texas, I'll tell you this. It's very important that the governor of Texas tells you to open up the economy, and yet the state, the, the state capitol is not even open. But that's a state building. He has the right to open it. The governor's mansion, it's not even open. He has the right to open it. You can't get a driver's license until a couple of days ago here in the state of Texas. But yet, you want us to open up everything else. That's not leading by example, and that's why it's important that we change these things. Now, the governor is not on the ballot in November, but the president is. Mm -hmm. And as you've seen, this president has an uncanny knack to influence a lot of sheeple. <laughs> yeah, sheeple. Yeah, yeah. I didn't say that wrong. I said sheeple. Sheeple. Because these these sheep people, you know, sheep just kind of cling together and then follow, follow whoever. That's was what, and that's what Republicans are acting like. They're acting like sheeple, and and so unfortunately, this deranged president that we have has created. And I'm not saying that tongue in cheek. I'm not saying that trying to be funny. I'm yeah. being serious. It's time that we call out what we know to be true. When we get in our houses and we get amongst our friend, boy, we will go, we'll go off. And yeah. man, that man, reality is, is that there is something wrong. And if you don't call it, then 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 you can't challenge it. And so, unfortunately, this person has influenced many governors across this country that are doing. A disservice Detriment. to 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 its citizens, yeah. all in the in the in the name of money. So that that's why it's important for everyone to vote, especially my brothers uh, and sisters, yeah. because we're the ones who carry. We 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 carry the Democratic Party. We carry a lot of elections here in here in Houston, Harris County, and the state of Texas. If we vote in the numbers that we should vote, then we will get the, the results uh, that we want. And, 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 of course, I think we all want to see new change so in leadership. So in November, we, we, we should all get out and vote no matter what. And, and, and Joe Biden did the right thing and then put in Kamala Harris as his... Uh, right, right. I was going to come as, 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 uh, as his VP? Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, I was gonna ask you how you feel about Kamala Harris no, being the VP. Come on, come on, man. There's there's no question. I mean, the fact that I think that the down ballot, down ballot, she's gonna affect a whole lot of votes uh, and affect a whole lot of races here. I think. Uh, the women vote is going to increase <clears throat> exponentially. I think the black women vote is going to increase exponentially. And when that happens, you're going to find that we're going to get a lot of judges. And having judges, having judges sitting in those seats, we will then be able to receive justice. That's what judges are. Judges are to, to, to right. serve justice. And again, we could have been out of this pandemic had we had governors that would have led by example that would have mandated, had said from the onset, I mandate mask. Yeah. Uh, well, you can wear a mask if you want to, because my civil liberties. What do you mean your civil liberties? You're wearing a mask. Right. A mask is for health. Give you an example. Those same people that don't want to wear a mask are the same people that when you ask them, do you wear a seatbelt? It's the same thing. Same thing. Same thing. I'm in my own car. Right. Me wearing a seatbelt is law. If I don't get, if I don't wear a seatbelt, I a get a ticket. So why, and the officer can see me not wearing a seatbelt and literally write me a ticket. Same thing they can do for masks. Now what exactly? But Same. yet we have, we have all of this leadership from the top, yeah. not really knowing what they're doing. And then you have these civil liberty people that, you know, you're, this is, I'm living in America and I should have the freedom. You know what? You've never complained about Wearing a seatbelt. I'm going to tell you something. I'm one of the ones who, boy, I get in the car, and I, my, my car talks to me and tells me what to do about wearing a seat. Man, no, I'm not. You just it's look my good. car. After a while, it just becomes second nature. It's, it's my car. It's my body. I'm only hurting me in my, if I don't wear a seatbelt. But you not wearing a mask, you hurt many people. Yeah. Me not wearing a seatbelt only hurts me. So that's why I tell people the hypocrisy. And people want to hide behind things, and that's why it's time to get this, this crazy, idiotic, inept leadership out. Now, that's why people have to vote. I never miss a vote because I know what my brothers and sisters before me had to go right. through. I know that there were many people when there were white-only signs out there that they had to stand in line and they had to take beatings. Many people died. Right. Many people had dogs put on them. Um, they, they, they did everything they, they could to stop us from voting. So John Lewis's uh, life would have been in vain if we don't get out here and vote? Not only John Lewis, Lewis but Martin, Martin Luther, Luther King, King, Malcolm, Malcolm X, X, Fannie Lou Hamer, uh, you know, uh, uh, all of them. Yeah. Everybody who came before, my grandfather, my great-grandfather, Felix Derry out of Opelousas, Louisiana, who had to, who had to um, uh, uh, fight against lynch mobs in Opelousas, Louisiana, simply because he wanted the right to vote. Right. And, 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 and in the Constitution, it says that we all have that inalienable right. But at the end of the day, it was something about this skin color that, that takes away my ability and my right. And, right. and that's just not right. Okay. All right, Jarvis, we thank you for coming out, man. Uh, Texas Trails, thank you for coming out and, and sharing your insight with us, and we appreciate you. My yeah. pleasure, my brother. And have a safe one, man. When is election time? We're going to talk about November. November. We yeah. got to get that date down. Yeah. So we're going to make sure we had that first Tuesday in November. November. We'll make sure we got it. First Tuesday in November. That's the third. Third November. November 3rd. Lord, I'm coming home. Okay, Rosetta, we'd like to thank you for coming out and, and hope you come back and visit with us again. My pleasure, and I shall be back. <laughs> All right.
And uh, in closing, could you share with us how you feel about trail riding? Well, trail riding is good, but let me tell you, it's not easy. You have your job, you have your family, and then you have your animals. So in a day's time, you get up early in the morning, you go to work, you come back, you have to feed your animals, and then you have to cook for your family. <laughs> so in a day's time, as a female, I have a full schedule. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Cause it, it, it's tough on all of us, especially this day and time, you know, with the way things are right now and trying to manage animals and, and keep, this, yes. keep this thing alive. It's a challenge. It's a struggle. It, it, it is. It, it, it's just. It, you you got to love it because it's a labor of love. Yes, you can't. You, you can't be weak or faint-hearted and try to do this rodeo or trail ride game or this horse game, because it's a, it's a it's a challenge to do it, it, and, it and it and it can get expensive. Oh yes, it so, can. <laughs> so with that being said, thank you all for uh, listening in, and uh, if you want to share, well, we would like for you to share our podcast with your friends and family and, and anybody else who's interested in, in the cowboy life. So thank you from uh, Texas Trails. 